if our Lord doesn't come in the next few minutes, this will be my third time that I will have the privilege to, to preach to you. Now I can go to heaven. <laughs> Today, we are going to explore a very significant subject that polarizes many Christians. On the one hand, we have the ones who say, since we are living the last days, dreams and our visions are for today. On the other hand, we find people that would rather leave a church if the preacher's teaching is upheld. They do not want anything to do with dreams and visions. In between the two extremes, we can find a diverse variety of opinions. That is the kernel of the issue, to be or not to be. How shall we, as Bible believers in the one and only sovereign God, shall deal with this issue? Fortunately enough, we have God's self-revelation, the Bible, to guide us. So let us look into this matter with open ears, open minds, and a willingness to be led by the Spirit of Truth, God himself. As you might remember, I hope do, do you do, if you were when I had the opportunity to preach before, we experience sometimes the will not to believe. As I try to explain to you what happens when we misplace some keys. Do you remember? This will not to believe brings dreadful consequences. You remember Kim Fargo? He had the will not to believe. The consequence? All the firstborns in Egypt died. Mark 6 and Matthew 13 tells us about the dreadful consequences, the terrible consequences of unbelieving. Christ Jesus only performed a few miracles among them. And Jesus was amazed of the unbelief. If we do not believe, the miracle seems worthless. You see, we are not talking here about normal dreams during a normal sleep cycle. Everybody dreams. Now, you may not remember what you have dreamt, but that is another story. God beat us in such a way that we have to sleep eight, six at least hours every 24 hours. The psychologists say that part of the use of dreams is to clean, clean our minds. Without dreams, our brains will become so loaded that they will stop. 
or maybe they will explode. But Joel, when he said the prophecy that we just read, was not talking about this kind of dreaming, normal dreams, you know. And also, we are not talking about nightmares. Although some of the dreams and visions from the Lord could seem like nightmares. Sometimes, we just overeat before going to bed. And we have a nightmare. A fearful dream that we try to interrupt waking up. But most of the times, to no avail. Other times, when we are sick, fever can induce nightmares. I remember when I was young, many, many years back, sometimes I had a high fever. And I had this recurrent nightmare. I would see like a sea of dogs pursuing me. And I had to fight the dogs with my bare hands. It was terrifying. Joel was not talking about nightmares. And also, we are not talking today about a corporation vision. As it is written in a company plan, I am sure that many of you, perhaps all of you, are familiar with the fact that a business plan has to have a vision and a mission. For example, our vision is to see each church in El Paso led by faithful, committed, and well-trained elders. So each member will be disciple to his or her full potential. But see, Joel was not talking about this kind of vision. Sometimes we think about personal desires, like Dr. Luther King. Remember, I have a dream. And I'm sure you are completely familiar with the, this Dr. Luther dream, so I will not talk about it. Only I will say that Joel was not talking about it. What Joel is talking about is the kind of dreams that are visions that God provides to the person that he, God, decides. Sometimes this dream of vision is clear and self-explanatory. As when Jacob saw, remember, the ladder, and he saw angels coming down and angels going up. Sometimes the image is clear, but the, the sense, the, the meaning is hidden. As when Pharaoh dreamt about the fat cows, remember? And the skinny cows. Sometimes the dream is completely forgotten. I'm sure you remember King Nebuchadnezzar. You remember? When he ordered all the wise men in the kingdom to be killed. Because he had had a dream. And he wanted to be explained what was the meaning. 
but he had forgotten. So Daniel comes to the rescue of all the wise men. Remember, in Daniel 2, you can check in your Bible later. Sometimes the recipient of the dream or a vision is a servant of the Lord. And sometimes he or she is not, as was the case with King Nebuchadnezzar or the wife of Pontius Pilate, remember? Or even the prophet Balaam or Balaam. Remember him? Now, we have the tendency to forget that our God is a God of purposes. He never ever does something just for the fun of doing it. For example, when he decides to send his only begotten son to die for us, his glory is his purpose. Just for you to make the correlation, remember the occasion when God told Moses that he will destroy the Israelites and give Moses a better nation. Remember? Do you remember what happens? Moses tells the Lord, Lord, please, do not do that. If you do that, all the people are going to say, ha, he couldn't manage them. So he decided to kill them, to destroy them. And your name will be laughed about. Do you remember? Sometimes the dream of vision is to teach something. Take, for example, Peter. You remember Peter, a hardcore Jew. There was no way Peter would go outside of his comfort realm to preach the gospel. However, it was necessary for the Gentiles to knew to know the gospel. Remember? So he gives Peter a wonderful vision. A tablecloth full with all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds comes down from heaven. And a voice commands Peter, Peter, kill and eat. And his response of Peter cannot be bolder. How you dare to tell me to kill and eat if I have never eaten anything that is unclean? That happened to Peter three times. Peter was taught, and then when the door is knocked, remember, he's ready to go to present the gospel to Cornelius. Otei, King Nebuchadnezzar, again, remember the statue, the gigantic statue of the head of gold? and then silver, and then bronze, and then iron and clay. The king needed to be taught what would happen later. Sometimes the dream of vision is to inspire us. Take, for example, Joseph and his brothers. 
Remember how he dreamt that all the brothers will bow before him? Okay, you need to review that. And also, take Solomon. When Solomon asked the Lord wisdom to guide the people, sometimes the dream of vision is to warn us. Take Pontius Pilate's wife. Remember when she went to, to her husband and told, don't mess with that saint. Okay? Or Ananias. When he's told, he's told by God to take care of Paul because Paul was going to be a servant of the Lord. Or take the occasion when Paul changed the direction of his trip and he gone to Macedonia, you say? Sometimes the dream of vision is to lead the way. Take the wise men. They travel a long distance to go and worship the baby Jesus. Or take Joseph, the, the wife of Mary, when he's told to flee to Egypt. Or Joseph, when he becomes the administrator of Egypt. Or you can take Paul, as we have said, when he was told to go to Macedonia. In today's passage, Peter tells us that the prophecy of Joel has been fulfilled. Calvin thinks that the use of the expression to pour out indicates that this giving of the spirit that Joel prophesied was not to be a, just a trickle, you know, just a little bit, as it was usually being during the Old Testament times when just few prophets and few people had the blessing of the spirit. I think that the real value of Calvin's assessment is the fact that he does not dance around the fact that God fulfilled Joel's prophecy once and completely on Pentecost. Calvin recognizes that the Spirit was poured out over all people, not just on the leaders. The Spirit was poured out on all the people, not just on the males, but also on the females. After all Calvin reasons, there were prophetesses. Now, we have a saying in Spanish. To be more popish than the Pope. In some sense, we are more Calvinistic than Calvin because sometimes we try to limit the power of God to do what he pleases, as he pleases, whenever he pleases. You follow the point? 
God is Lord and is sovereign and he can do whatever he pleases. Where he pleases. And at any time that he pleases. Let me insist one more. That our lack of faith, our determination to be on Thomas Didymus' party, remember? Prevents us to accomplish great things for our Lord. Perhaps we are so fearful of failing that we think it is better not to attempt to undertake great things for our Lord. There is a book called The Moses Principle. I didn't write it. I read it many, maybe 20 years back or more than that. The Moses Principle is very simple. Your faith is as big as your God is. Your faith is as big as your God is. So what was the purpose of sending his Holy Spirit to his people? Very simple. Let us read Acts 1.8 again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit was put out on Pentecost so you and me have the power enough to be witnesses of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Therefore, you and I have the power to be witnesses of the gospel. Therefore, you and I have the power to be witnesses of this wonderful and amazing grace. The Holy Spirit was not sent for you to speak in tongues, although you can speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit was sent for us to be witnesses of our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit was not sent for you to dance, although you may dance. The Holy Spirit was sent for us to be witnesses of our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit was not sent to heal other people, although you may heal other people. The Holy Spirit was sent for what? For us to be witnesses to our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit was not sent for you to become a wealthy individual, although you may become wealthy. The Holy Spirit was sent for what? So we may become witnesses of the Lord. Today we have no time, but check it out. One thing that is clear from the biblical teaching is the fact that when the Holy Spirit is within you, his fruit, not plural, no fruits, the fruit is visible. Now, when you and I do not fulfill our task to be witnesses, 
we are incurring in the same fault that the man who hid the only talent that he received from his master. What was the consequence for him? He not only lost his, the talent, he lost the privilege to be part of the master's household. You remember that? My brethren, God has poured out his Holy Spirit upon his church. The resurrected Christ Jesus, after paying on the cross for our sins, has fulfilled his promise. It is necessary for me to go, so I may send my spirit to be with you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God has placed us here in El Paso, Texas, to be his witnesses. If you are a Christian, you have no excuse. If you have been a faithful witness, give thanks to the Lord that he has graciously empowered you to do so. But if you have been placed in witnessing in the back burner, repent. Come again to the cross and become the most fervent witness for our Lord here in El Paso. Now, if you are not a Christian, it is not by chance that you are here today. God is calling you to repent from your sins, ask forgiveness, and accept the free grace of God in order to become a child of God and a witness of our Lord and Savior. My friends, Pentecost is history. The Holy Spirit came that day to stay with us and to be within us. Please believe God. Submit to the Holy Spirit and become a faithful witness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we came to you this morning singing, reading your Bible, talking to you through prayers, we recognize that we are not doing what you have entrusted us to do. We are not being faithful in being your witnesses. Father, we ask you forgiveness. And we pray that once more you will cleanse us with the blood of Jesus. And as we will partake the communion in just few moments, we pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will infuse us with a new understanding of the cost of our salvation that we may appreciate even more the sacrifice, 
sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. Father, we beg you, take this church and make this church a faithful instrument. So not only El Paso, but all Texas and all this region will know about your wonderful grace. We'll know about your gospel. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.